0: From WNYC, you're listening to Snap Judgment, the True Believer episode. My name is Lynn Washington. Today, we're featuring amazing stories from real people searching for something to believe in. Now, a few weeks back, Snap's own Joe Rosenberg regaled Jasmine Aguilera with the tale of his youth. And now, Jasmine returns a favor. Snap Judgment. So, Jazz, last time, uh, a few weeks ago, I told you a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, I hear tell you're going to tell me a story.
1: Yeah, round two of Joe and Jasmine's fireside chats.
0: Oh, I like that. keep yeah. Crackling Fire. Exactly,
1: yeah. So when I was five years old, my mom, who didn't really believe in daycare, she thought it was a waste of money, she put me in as many random after-school programs as she could find. And there was this one she found, which was a Christian choir for children at a church right down the street from my house. So she was like, this is perfect. And my mom didn't have time to teach us religion, you know, because she grew up Catholic. And she thought that this would be an easy way for her to outsource it to somebody else. Outsource yes, I said, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah, just uh, that's brilliant. So the first day, I'm five years old and I'm looking around at this giant church. It looks like the biggest building I've ever been in. There were rows and rows of wooden pews that pointed to this huge stage that had risers on them. And there were about a hundred kids sitting on stage, and their voices were bouncing off the walls. It was so loud and intimidating. And seconds later, this woman named Janet comes out with this perfect golden bob haircut, a pastel cardigan, and huge fake shiny nails. And everyone suddenly goes quiet. She explains that her name is Janet, and she runs this choir. And then she asks everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Oh no. And so nobody wants to raise their hand because what the hell kind of question is that? We're in a church, there's a giant cross right above us. I raised my hand and I said, well, I'm Catholic. And she said, that doesn't count. Come on down. Whoa. And so she brings all the kids who raised their hands down to the front of the stage. And we're sitting there in a line. She comes up to us individually and asks, "Do you accept Jesus Christ in your heart?"
0: And let me let me pause you. Then. Sure. Because like when it got to your point in the line, like what's going through your head? Like what's I just I got it. Like uh,
1: I just remember being very confused. <laughs> uh, then when I realized that everyone at the end got candy bars, I was like, "Oh, this is a game changer right here. This is a game. This is instant reward from Jesus. I'm down for this club." Okay. <laughs> This choir was an after-school program that put on legitimately professional-level theater. And so everyone who wanted to be in this choir had to be perfect. If you were flat, if you didn't point your arm in the right way, if you were late, you would just get chewed out in front of everyone. It was almost like if you messed up, you were messing up in front of God. But that was just the beginning, because being in this choir meant doing exactly what Janet said to do. And that came easily to my sister, but not for me. So eventually Janet decided that I was going to be her little project because we were, first of all, one of the only people of color in this <laughs> choir. And second of all, we were kind of a perfect example of helping out someone in need you know, you were in need. Yeah, we were in need because you're
0: because you there's like a, sing, a, single, mo- a, a single, single mother, single
1: mother, brown Latino. kid, Latino. Yeah,
0: I see they must be in need.
1: Yeah, exactly. So she inserted herself in our life. She was my piano teacher, she was my swim instructor. She planned my mom's wedding. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, my mom got me married when I was 10, and sh- somehow she became my mom's wedding planner. Okay. Yeah, and I think my mom had a lot of uh, respect for her because you should have seen the production level of these plays. This woman was amazing. She got professional carpenters to make these really elaborate sets. All of the kids had matching costumes, and we were all in sync with our hand gestures and our movements. The harmonies were complicated and intense. These are 10, 12, 14-year-old kids, and the pressure that she'd put on the kids was just astronomical. And it got to the point where, like, tons of kids would cry. I would come home saying things like, Janet is a jerk and I don't want to be around her anymore. And my mom would be like, stop complaining, Jasmine. My mom, who had a hard life when she was growing up, didn't think that that kind of trouble was that big of a deal. So she forced us to stay in it. It's
0: like Juilliard.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And finally, I got my first role. My first speaking role. The play was called Red and Yellow, Black and White. And it's about these Christian kids that take a bus to the wrong side of town and discover that it's full of trash and gang members. The angels are white. Oh. The, the two do-gooding kids are yellow. The black kids had to wear black. I got the part of Maria. And I had to wear a red shirt because I represented the red kids of the world. What,
0: is, what are red
1: kids as in? Like Native American. Like Native American. And like Native American. Latino, Yeah. My sister didn't get the part, because she would have definitely gotten the part, because she didn't look Hispanic enough for to play Maria. Wow. Yeah. One of the aspects of my character was is I had to speak with an accent, so Janet was trying to instruct me on how to speak with a Hispanic accent. So she was like, just talk like your mom. I know she has an accent. I can't replicate it. I just can't. And I'd be like, I'm trying. And it ended up coming out like French-sounding. All right, so Joe, I have these tapes. Oh, you have
0: like like what? Are we talking like VHS? Y-
1: yeah, of course VHS. Let's 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 pop her in. Yeah. Oh hey. So now there's a, a beautiful little infographic saying "Music Makers Community Choir." Oh well, I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I'm just peppy. So I'm gonna fast forward.
0: Oh, this is, whoa, this is like a big production. Yeah. There's a big audience. There are what seems to be like a 100 children, all in matching white, doing matching choreography. Oh, you guys are quite good. Yeah. I'm very impressed.
1: This is is quality. All right, I'm going to fast forward now the Maria. Did There's me. Off to us? But maybe, after they get over the shop, the playground does look bad.
0: Wait, is that supposed to be your... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe these kids are different. Maybe they want to get to know us. Oh, maybe they want to get to know us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah because they are friends and we nice.
1: It was after that performance that I realized that this was, not my, this was not my gig. I really didn't want to keep going, and I tried to beg my mom to let me quit, but she just wasn't having it, and she convinced me to stay on for a new season. And that's when everything kind of came to a head, because the very next production was this Christmas musical called Candy Cane Lane. And so in order to drum up publicity, Janet would have us carol outside of supermarkets. So one Saturday morning, we were outside of a Lucky's, and we were all gathered there together looking identical. All of our hair was French braided. We had these big red circles painted onto our faces so we'd look like dolls. And before we started, Janet laid out all the rules. There's no coughing, there's no sneezing, there's no turning your head, there's no fidgeting, there's no scratching, no movement whatsoever. So we're all standing there waiting for her to start conducting, and she lifts her hands up, and the first song is about impatiently waiting for Christmas morning to come, and the soloist starts. Just a few more hours till the day goes away, Christmas day will be here at last. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy, I think he must have been a vet, he was in a wheelchair, and he was struggling to push himself up this ramp, and... He kind of gets halfway through, falls back down. Gets up again halfway through, falls back down. And so I just couldn't watch this guy struggle. But I also knew that I was going to get in a lot of trouble if I left the formation. And I just felt this need building up inside of me to help him. But every time I would get enough courage to, Janet's eyes would scan back to me and I would lose my nerve. And meanwhile, the song is still going on, you know. So I just kept watching and all these people are coming and going and no one is helping this guy. And I'm just like internally screaming, what is wrong with people? And my heart was telling me, this guy's in trouble, go help him. But it was almost like Janet knew what I was thinking because she just looked at me and her eyes said, don't move. And it just feels like time is stretching super long and it takes forever to end. And this poor guy is still dragging himself up the ramp. So the next time Janet looked away, I decided... I'm making a run for it. I'm doing it. I'm going to go help him. So she looked away, and I just bolted right over to him in the middle of the song. And he kind of looked surprised to see me. And I grabbed the handles, and I leaned up against his back, and I pushed as hard as I could up the ramp. And I felt his wheelchair kind of glide up the ramp. And when I felt the wheels go over the barrier and into the supermarket, I let go, and he kind of glided away from me. And then I turned really fast and just snapped right back into position. And immediately I saw Janet's eyes lock onto mine, burning with white-hot fury, looking at me, knowing she can't yell at me right then and there. And I know Janet is going to lay into me the second the song is over. And sure enough, after we're done singing, Janet makes a beeline straight for me with this terrifying look on her face. And then I feel this kind of touch on the side of my arm, and I turn to look, and it's the guy in the wheelchair who had gotten to me just seconds before Janet did. And he turned to me, and he said, thank you for helping me up the ramp when no one else could. You're a true Christian. And right after he said that, I looked at Janet. And Janet, who's watching this conversation, waiting for it to end just kind of goes and I couldn't help having a smile break over my face it was like a break in the clouds because I knew in that moment this was my chance to get out is just standing there frozen like a statue and everyone is dispersing and I walk straight over to my mom and I said mom I can't do this anymore I quit And my mom let me.
0: (laughs) Wait, did she sign you up for more stuff after this?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Gymnastics, ballet, tap, jazz, three theater groups, tennis, soccer, track, Spanish, flash programming, chess, horse vaulting. What? Yeah. It's like gymnastics on horses. You know how to do this? I'm a multifaceted woman, Joe.
0: (laughs) Big thanks to Jasmine for sharing her story. The original score and sound design was by Leon Morimoto. And the story was produced by Jasmine Aguilera.